Football on off the ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. You're welcome back. It's Thursday's Off the Ball. Nathan with you until 10 o'clock. We got Julian Doe coming up on the football show, looking ahead to the African Cup of Nations. But it is just coming up on half past seven, which means, of course, it's time to talk to John Giles. Evening, John. Evening, Nathan. Happy New Year. And you, Nathan. Uh, and all been, your listeners. It's been a, uh, a busy old week. Uh, off the pitch as much as on the pitch. There's been some cracking games, but there's been no shortage of talking points, uh, particularly around Chelsea and Manchester United. Uh, Romelu Lukaku uh, gave this interview three weeks ago where he spoke in glowing terms of Inter Milan and how he never should have left and his unhappiness at... Thomas Tuchel's system that wasn't exactly what he wanted it blew up massively to, uh, Lukaku ends up dropped for the game against Liverpool but he's back in started last night what did you make of how Thomas Tuchel handled it all? I thought he handled it very well Nathan I thought it was a very very difficult situation for him uh, because apparently the players needed permission from the manager to do do articles and uh, he didn't uh, Lukaku didn't get any uh, license to do mm. that so I think he was caught unawares I think it was a, a, an interview he did about three weeks ago Nathan Lukaku when he wasn't in the team and obviously wasn't very very happy uh, but since then he got into the team and he scored goals but I think what he did was very very silly uh, giving an interview to somebody in Italy as we know the world today is very very small it's not going to stay in Italy and it didn't and got him into big trouble. But he was a very, very silly lad. But as far as uh, Tuchel was concerned, I think he handled it well, Nathan. Tuchel seemed to realise very early on that while it was a, a big story, he didn't want to further fan the flames at any stage. He always got the sense he wanted to offer Lukaku a route back in, that he, that he understood that while Lukaku had probably been a little bit stupid in what he had said, it wasn't that dire a situation. No, I think what happened, uh, reading about it afterwards, and I think, he, I think uh, the, the fans in Italy, when, when he left, when, when uh, Lukaku left, they were very upset and annoyed about mm. him. And I think he was trying to get back on side with the fans there, you know, uh, to say he wanted to get back and all the various things that he said. Uh, but it obviously didn't go, well, go, go down well with the Chelsea supporters, and particularly the manager. But I think he sorted out well. He played him last night. Uh, so I'd say he, he did apologise, Lukaku. So I'd say that would be the end of it now. For the sake of the dressing room, did he have to drop him for the game against Liverpool? I would say so. I would say so. I mean, if somebody does what he did, then it's very, very ba- bad for the morale of the squad, Nathan. And if you put him straight in... The, the lads who were who, who, who were playing in the team say, "Well, anything goes here, mm. you know." Uh, whereas it showed the di- he was disciplined them, but then sorted it out and got him back for the next match. So I think it was, it, it's all said and done now. But I think he handled it well. That game against Liverpool was one of the games of the season, if not the game of the season so far. It was a sensational watch end to end. Uh, countless chances. Uh, what were your overall thoughts on it? The general consensus seemed to be that Chelsea were probably the better team over the 90 minutes? Um, probably by the end of it, Nathan. No, Liverpool, as we know, got off a very, very good start. Uh, but it did show the morale of the Chelsea players mm. to come back like they did. You know, two, two, two against 
Liverpool is a, is a big uh, big deficit early on, but they 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 they, they played extremely well, showed the right spirit uh, because a lot of teams can give up at that particular stage, particularly against Liverpool. But they didn't. They stayed in there, got the, got the two goals back. I might have won it in the end. Kovacic scored a wonder goal for Chelsea. He's uh, generally overshadowed in that Chelsea midfield by N'Golo Kante and Jorginho. What's your sense of Kovacic as a player? I like him. I like him nice, and I think he's a very good player. He's good skill. Uh, he's not spectacular, uh, but he gets, he gets the job done well. Mm. You know, he gets a tackle in. He, he, he doesn't score many goals. He was a brilliant goal he scored the other day. Um, but he's a good all-round player. And I think it's it's typical of the, the Chelsea squad. They've got an awful lot of good players in there. Nathan. It's just a question of getting it sorted out, especially up front, as to what is the best uh, the best format uh, up there, you know, to get the goals. But um, overall, the they did well to come back into into uh, a match against Liverpool. It, it does seem as though Tuchel is going to continue to rotate his front players, his front two, his front three, his front four, whatever way it is that they're lining up, that we're not going to see a a settled starting attack for Chelsea. Is that going to make it difficult constantly for whoever those attackers are to get any sort of cohesion? Yeah, it's... Um it could be better, Nathan. You know, I think at this stage now they should have, you know, a top two. If Lukaku's going to be the top one, then there should be there should be actually somebody in there now who's outstanding to be playing alongside Lukaku. And they don't really have that. You know, mm. they've they've got a lot of talented players there. Werner's been a big disappointment. You would imagine that, you know, Lukaku and Werner be the top the top two there. But he hasn't been doing his stuff and uh, you know, Mount is good. They've got some very, very good players there, Nathan, but none of them outstanding enough, as you could say, he should be in every week. They're not really doing it up front as much as they should be doing. Antonio Rudiger at centre-half looks set to leave during the summer uh, on a free transfer and has been linked with a huge money move to Real Madrid. Uh, he's, for a lot of people, maybe the outstanding defender in the Premier League this season. How do you rate him? Uh, I wouldn't put him as outstanding defender, uh uh, Nathan at all um, I think he's very very good I think he's a big bully to be mm. quite honest uh, he gets into trouble all the time well he gets out of trouble as well um, now I think the, the, I think people over the last few have, have quite honestly overrated him Nathan I don't think he's that good he's a good he's a very good player but uh, I mean if you look at the player he's playing beside he's, he's Silva I mean he's a class player yeah. he's got Van Dyke. You got uh, Maguire at his best. He's good. He's a good player, but no more than that. But I think he's a big bully. He wouldn't be one of my favourite players. Let's put it that way. Watching him play, you know, you saw the match against Leeds a couple of weeks ago. There was an incident near the, at just at, at, at over at extra. Sorry, after the ninety minutes, and he's not involved in it. And he goes right sixty yards to get over to get into get into the middle of it. So uh, he wouldn't be my favourite player, but he's okay. Yeah. Uh, what about Liverpool then? 2-0 up away from home but it felt like the Liverpool of maybe 18 months maybe even 2-3 years ago at this stage where as you say go 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 they, there was no real control to the performance No they're playing this high line Nathan that they've been playing for the last 12 months and it leaves them very very like first top class defenders like, but there again, I don't think Van Dijk is playing as well Nathan I don't think he's really got over he got the virus didn't he a while ago mm. 
I, I don't think he's got over it, you know. He, he looks a bit sluggish to me by his normal self. And, uh, you know, if he's not playing as well as he can, then they're going to lose goals. But I think it's mostly the high line, which is an offside. In, in my day, it, would, it was the offside trap. And I think with the players they have, there's no need to do it. Um, and if you look at the, the Chelsea second goal the other day, there was a couple of good passes, uh, and, and the players threw on the goal. Like, they're not defending. It's all or nothing. It's, it's when, you, when you're playing the offside line, or the, sorry, the high line, it's, uh, it's touch and go, Nathan, whether it goes for you or against you. And with the players they have, I don't think they have any need to do that. Uh, all our football coverage on Off the Ball is brought to you by Sky. Don't miss Chelsea against Tottenham in the Women's Super League on Friday. It's live only on Sky Sports. Might talk about Manchester United, John, uh, because on and off the pitch, it's really hard to get a grip with what's happening at the moment. While the scoreline against Wolves may not quite have been as extreme as a couple of the results at the end of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's time, performance-wise, it felt as though it was uh, just as poor. And over the last couple of days, there's been any amount of stories coming out that there's up to 17 players unhappy at the club that want to leave. They haven't been impressed with Ralph Rangnick. Uh, they think they're spending too much time in training on what they do off the ball rather than on the ball, Ragnick itself, it seems, is unhappy with the amount of players in the squad. He feels it's quite bloated that there's 28, 29 players around on the training pitch and it's simply too many. Uh, it already feels that the Ragnick era is over before it's begun. Well, it hasn't been a good start, uh, Nathan. Now, when he, when he made the comments when he first went there, I thought, well, yeah, that's good. He's making sense in that. But, uh, you know, recent performances, which is what you really look at, haven't been good. And they were particularly poor against Wolves the other night. There's no mm. doubt about that. Um, you, you could uh, you could say, well, you could see that players don't don't really know what to do. You know, and they, they look they look confused to me. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, Shaw came out to today, made comments about you know the, the dressing room is not good, and they seem to be confused. Doesn't seem to be a good spirit in there. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's very difficult to know, but you can only judge what happens on the pitch. And I, I, I've read the papers like everybody else recently, and he has a, a psychologist gone in there, Sasha Lentz mm. is the name. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's made peculiar statements about him and what he's, uh, you know, he, he, he's going to be very important to him in... Uh, at this time, to get uh, you know everything that needs to be done with the players, but you know I find in football, my experience in football, the the, the manager in Nathan is a psychiatrist, another psychiatrist, psychologist. Yeah. With players, you know it's football. You're in the dressing room. Usually the manager, uh, like people say, football is a simple game. I don't think it is a simple game. I think it's a very complicated game. And what the best managers do in football. They reduce it to simplicity, Nathan. In other words, it's not complicated. And I, I just find that with, with uh, Rangnick now, it seems to be complicated. And there's, there's like you saw Shaw coming out the other day saying, we, what are we saying in fact? We really don't know what we're doing. And, and he's, he's saying, well, I'm going to get this psychologist in and it'll, that'll be a help to the players. Uh, you know, it doesn't make sense to me in football terms, Nathan. You know, when the manager's doing his stuff, he tells the players what he wants. He, he makes it clear to them. And 
I don't think this is happening. You know, and you, you see, the great thing about football, and it manifests itself on the pitch. What's the manager doing? We see when Conte has gone to Spurs, you can see the difference in them. Not so good the other night, but the difference in them. that there's a, there's, He's getting to them, and he wants them to do certain things, and they're doing it. And it, it, it's, for, as far as he said, he's making it simple for the players. This doesn't seem to be the case with United. It just doesn't. And uh, I, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's certainly not promising at the moment. Do we need to show a bit more patience with Ralph Rangnick? It had got to a pretty low level under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, and it felt as though Manchester United needed a dramatic change. He's coming in, he's trying to implement a completely new system at a time of COVID, at a time of matches every three, four days when there's very little time on the training pitch. Is it just the case that he's trying something so radically different for Manchester United that it's not going to be a quick fix, that actually he needs several months, maybe an entire summer, to get his methods across? No, if, if you need that long, it can't be right, Nathan. It's, it's, you know, again, it comes down to the manager. Football is not a simple game, it's a complicated game. And, and the manager, with, with, with his knowledge, whoever it might be, reduces the simplicity. So when you see it on the pitch, if, if we're saying, or uh, he's saying, look, this is more complicated than it looks, or I need more time on it. Of course, he needs a bit of time to see uh, who's, who's the best player in mm. the best position, and he needs a few matches to do this, to do that. But what I'm hearing at the moment, it's, it's about the formation, and they don't really know what I want. Uh, and that. Well, you know, from day one, if the manager's really doing his stuff and he's a good manager, the players know what he wants. And, and then he gets them individually, uh, Nathan. You know, th- there's no huge uh, uh, secret about, you know, how to run a football club or get the best out of the players that I have at your disposal if you know what you're doing. And what I see from, from him at the moment, he, he's not coming clear to me that he knows what he's doing. In, in, or, or the players don't know what he wants, you know? And that shouldn't be the case. Of course, it takes a little bit of time to, to implement what you want the players to do, but they should understand from, the, from day one what you mean by what you want from the players. And what it's looking to me is the players uh, are saying... I know what he's saying, but I don't really know what he wants. So it's conf- they seem to be confused. But great coaches don't confuse players, Nathan. They make it clear to them what they want, and then over the period of time, they get better and better at doing what the manager wants them to do. But they're clear of what they do, what they're needed, what's needed to be done. At some stage, do the players need to look at themselves and take some responsibility. Like That Manchester United squad is one of the most expensively assembled in the history of football. You're looking at Harry Maguire, 80 million. Uh, Rafa Varane, with all the success he's had coming in during the summer. Bruno Fernandes, 70 million. Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the greatest players of all time. Rashford and Greenwood, two of the most exciting young English talents of their generation. Surely, at some stage, you shut the doors of the dressing room, you look around the dressing room and realise that there's enough talent there if the will and the attitude is right to win games and to perform better than they did against Wolves, regardless of who the manager is. Uh, well, that, that's, that's quite right in many ways, uh, Nathan, except for your last remark, no matter who the manager is. Like, the manager dictates what formation they're going to play, what the, despite the fact of the, 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 the ability of the players. What, what, I, what I'd like to say there, you could get 12 great players in the club and a terrible manager, and, he, and Nathan, it wouldn't take him long mm. to ruin what's needed to be done. 
But I guess the problem with Manchester United is, and I think back to Roy Keane's comments, it must be 18 months ago now when Manchester United lost the match and he said these players are going to get only going to Solskjaer sacked. That regardless of who goes in, whether it's a Mauricio Pochettino and Antonio Conte or Ralph Ragnick, that there's something within that dressing room at the moment that's a little bit toxic, that it feels as though it's almost impossible to fix. Well, well first of all, I'll go back to Roy Keane's uh, comment. I, I, I wouldn't pick up what he said there. I mean, it, it, you know, when Solskjaer was there, uh, Nathan, what was it that Roy Keane said again? That the players will get Solskjaer sacked. Yes. No, Solskjaer got himself sacked. Nathan. He had the players with ability there, but he wasn't a good enough manager, a good enough coach to do what needs to be done. No matter how good the players you have at your disposal, you still have to organize, organize them, get in their heads, Get them on the pitch. Get, get, make them into a team. Make them a bit scared of you and all that. Solskjaer never had that. He never had that coming into the club, Nathan. That's where they big, made the big mistake. Solskjaer never got a grip of those players. I don't think they had any real respect for him because he wasn't good enough to do what needed to be done. He just wasn't. He was, a, he was a boy trying to do a man's job. I mean, if you, again, if you go back to Conte doing his stuff at Spurs, I know they didn't win the other night, mm. but you can see from the days come in, this fellow's really doing the job. He's improving them on the pitch, and the great thing about football is what you see on the pitch is an improvement. In Solskjaer's case, he had a lot of experience, not experienced players, talented players. Some days they were okay. Some days they weren't okay. There was an inconsistency about them because he wasn't really telling them anything. Now, with this fellow's coming in, I think he is telling them things, He's not telling them the correct things, Nathan. So, therefore, the players, you won't get the players. Players in the dressing room know very, very quickly what's going on here. And you can see it on and manifests itself on the pitch. And the, 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 the performance against Wolves the other night, like he was talking about this formation, and I hear people talking about it. It's not the formation, you know. It's it's what the players are doing, and they 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 didn't look. They looked to me the other night. They didn't know what they were expected to do. So I mean, what the manager saying now? Well, I've got the psychologist in, and he can help me do and get to them. He won't get to them. Not the psychologist in football. The manager or the coach, whatever we want to call him, who influences a team, is a psychologist. So and I don't mean any disrespect yeah. to psychologists, and they have their they have their place in the club. But when you've got a group of players that he 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 has, Nathan, again, knowledge equates to simplicity. And when he's he's talking to those players, it's obvious now in what they're saying. It's not simple, and they're confused. That's what they look like to me. And on the pitch, they look confused because whatever the managers tell them, it's not the simple things that managers, great managers, reduce it to. That's the problem I would have, and the worry for Manchester United in this particular way. So the news came through today that Ed Woodward uh, confirming his departure from Manchester United. So maybe th- things change behind the scenes and there's some better decisions being made. Do well, you well, think the then? Big, sorry, Nathan. The big decision over the last three years or four years is getting a manager in that's good. Well, that that's what I was about to ask you. Do you think there's a, a possibility uh, then that within that dressing room and all those very talented players that I just touched upon, yeah. I think when we're playing at Manchester United, one of the biggest, most successful clubs in world football, and our last manager was appointed because he was a former player who had come from Molde in Norway, and our mm. current manager 
has come from Lokomotiv Moscow where he was the director of football has had a couple of seasons managing Leipzig in Germany and again for a club of their size we haven't gone out and got the best manager available we've sort of got a bit of a stopgap at how can we be expected to perform when that's the case yes it, well they wouldn't be thinking in, in how we're supposed to perform they just say well he's it, not what we want he's not, not the manager you see what's, what's happened in Manchester United they've been badly managed for the last three or four years getting Solskjaer in was a bad move whoever is doing it I don't know who's behind the scene there but they knew what they were getting in in Solskjaer they didn't want anybody but Solskjaer because he would do what he was told now in the last few months this is going back three or four years now right and they've made big decisions that Solskjaer hasn't been responsible for getting next amount of players in for millions of pounds that he, he I'd say he had nothing to do with now now they've got a man coming in now because Solskjaer's gone on an, an interim basis, Nathan. An interim basis sometimes is a disaster for a club because the players now, even with this lad, if he was doing it right, in the players' heads, whether, they, whether they're conscious of it or not, he's not going to be there next year. So why, why would he go along with his ideas? I don't agree with his ideas, so therefore I'm not going to go along with his ideas. So I'm not responsible anyway for next year he's going to be gone. And we'll have somebody else in here. So where's the team spirit? Everybody's looking after themselves now. Mm. This is the disaster area that Manchester United have created for themselves. Now, they had a chance to get Conte in. And they didn't take it because they don't want a Conte. Because he would insist that this is what we do. And this is the way I want to do it. So it's caught up with them. Doing it the way they wanted to do it before Solskjaer. And they got Solskjaer in three years or whatever, four years, whatever it was. Right? Now they've got an interim manager in who can't have the respect of the players unless they give him the, they know that he's getting the job next year and they don't know that. So it's, 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 a, it's a disaster. And players, players being players, Nathan, I was in the dressing room long, they're, they're, in, they're most, not inclined to look after themselves. In other words, how is this affecting me? Like I'm the centre-half and he wants us to play that way or we don't know what way he's going to play. So they start looking around and say, well, I need more protection. The midfield players say, well, I need somebody extra in the middle of the field. It becomes chaotic. And I think that's what happened to Manchester United. Right. And what I see from this guy, I don't see any evidence that he's going to make it any better at the moment. We've got to leave it there, unfortunately, John. Uh, we'll have plenty more to talk about next Thursday. Thanks for joining us as always. Thanks, Jason. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, EFL, Scottish Premiership and much more Live on Sky Sports